Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Nemesis Prime, Milton the Manimal, back for Season 2, Episode 43 of the Comic-Con Podcast. We're recording this on November the 3rd. We have hit November. God damn, we have gone through a long year, right, man? Dude, I mean, the year's cruising through. It feels like there's been pockets of the year that were slow as hell, and then I feel like it was just a week ago it was August. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it felt like... August, September, October, and now we're in already November. And now it's like, goddamn, man, we're like a three weeks. It feels like barely Christmas is right around the corner. Yeah. October usually flies through like my radar between yeah. like New York Comic Con, um, you know, birthday, uh, anniversary, and then like Baltimore this year. Like, right. I swear to God, like, uh, it was literally a month ago as New York, but it literally feels like two weeks, like literally a week and a half ago, but mm. it, it's just wild. So, yeah. Um, but of course, you know, we, we like to talk about things here on the podcast. We appreciate all of our new listeners, some new people. If you're just checking in that I met down in Baltimore, um, we're going to be talking about Baltimore Comic-Con. So, um, if anybody's picking up, just listening to us for the first time, you know, make sure you can find us, of course, anywhere, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and Amazon Music. You could always send us Instagram messages. That's what we like about our community is we could always send us either to Milton the Manimal, Nemesis Prime, or the Comic-Con Podcast Instagram. You could always email us at the Comic-Con Podcast at gmail.com as well. Um, Voicemails, hate mail, whatever you want. So Bring it. Yes, we like that. So uh, let's kind of get right into our community section. So no, uh, no messages this week, but of course, big community event last weekend. I went to the Baltimore Comic-Con um this that was my third time going down in baltimore maryland at the baltimore convention center yeah uh first time they had it last year after covid last time i was down there was 2019 obviously 2020 they didn't have it 2021 they did but i didn't go uh baltimore is an absolute shit show i'm sorry if you live in that area but i'm sure if you live in that area you also know about that so um i think i saw more rats on the street hanging out than i've ever seen in new york i swear to god oh dude that's crazy it was, you know, I was in, so bad. I was in DC in uh, May and in different parts of like downtown DC and whatnot. And there was a shit ton of rats there also. It was disgusting. And it was like, right. I, I noticed them as I was coming out of like a restaurant. So I was like, oh, that's great. As rats probably live in that fucking restaurant. Oh, man. We were literally, we were at a bar. It was me, uh, Binky's comic man, Andy and his wife. And they're just running around. They're just running down the street. And then, like, later on in the night, there's, like, a, another bar right by us. Same thing. It's just, like, they're all just fighting. They're all just fighting for food, running by us. They don't care. People oh, so are just, just like, like yeah, whatever. It's like our world then, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fighting for comics. Fighting okay. for exclusives, you know. But um, the show itself, man, it, it is an absolute great show for the simple fact is if it's comic book related. It's all comic books. There's no, you know, there's no big manga. There's no big anime. There's no big retailers. Like, if you obviously... You know, going to New York Comic Con and going to Baltimore Comic Con, you see the difference. Like the booths are small; they're there. The vendors are there to sell. They're not there to like promote anything. You know, yes, you get some of the comic book publishers that are there, but nothing like New York Comic Con. Like you didn't have like a giant One Piece or Dragon Ball Z or anything right. anime related. You didn't have like a giant booth for obviously whatnot wasn't there. Marvel, DC, any of that stuff. It's literally there. Um, it's perfect. Artist Alley is is very spacious. They do bring some nice artists, some writers. Uh, they had you know voice actresses, some of the Disney princesses, which I liked. I wish I would have brought some stuff to get signed, but I didn't. But 
the community, man, it was great, man. I got to meet so many people that I never met before, people that I've known through YouTube um, and whatnot, you know, finally getting to meet up with them. So that was, you know, an absolute blast down there. Was um, it, would you say, like, size-wise, is it bigger or smaller than Terrificon? It's probably smaller. I don't know. No, it's definitely on scale. It's about the same. Okay. Because the thing is, like, with the Terrificon, like, people are just in that hotel, and then, you know, you can kind of just, like, you go and you walk in. Right. But it's, as far as, like, the con floor itself, it's definitely, it's definitely smaller than, it's definitely smaller than, um, or no, I should say that Terrificon smaller because obviously you know Terrificon. It's literally just a long row yeah. and it's wide. But with the way the Baltimore setup is, it's very wide and it's very long. So the way it's set up is like they have all the vendors in the front, and then there's a back section for Artist Alley, and then even there's a side section for Artist Alley, which is nice because they have like some of the I would say the bigger names on the one side just for obviously line purposes because they know like when the lines start up it's going to be crazy and you don't want to be blocking other people other artists and writers lines stuff like that so that's really you know i get that that's important especially for you know walking around the con but man there were so many people it was so much fun um, all the all the guys and girls over at Shortbox, uh anthony from bird city was there um they were selling some of their exclusives of course um jeff binkies uh, you got Drew from Wanted Comics was there. There was so many people to be had, and the afterlife is is so much fun. Of course, uh, hanging out with uh, our friend Matt, ex Last Level Comics, and his wife. We went down to, if you know the Baltimore area, we went to Phelps Point. That's like the college area. Okay. Um, for people here in like New Jersey, I guess that would be like the Hoboken, Jersey City vibe. Basically, it's like a, it's a college town esque. That's like where basically all the college people go. There's like restaurants, there's bars. You just hop from one place to the next. So, really dope. Uh, and then again, there's there's deals to be had. Uh, you didn't see the crazy crazy prices like New York was. You know, there was some dealers that I feel like had higher prices, but the one problem I feel like at Baltimore, and I I know I'm sure I'm not sure if it was like this at New, it definitely wasn't like this at New York, but like I go in on Friday. And there was like these one booth that had prices that were like, let's say like 15 bucks for a book. And I'm like, this book isn't 15 bucks. (laughs) And then literally the next day when you're walking through the same booth and you're looking at stuff, maybe on a different, the guy's like, oh, all this is 50% off. And I'm like, okay. So now it immediately went from 15 to 750, but I'm still like, still not like a 750 book or $8 book. Right. Right. So I didn't go on Sunday because I came home on Saturday, but I can imagine, hey, well, what did Sunday bring? Was Sunday like 75% off or was it still 50% off? You know, but it's, you know, just price accordingly. I feel like if you just priced accordingly, you could move your books. Like that's the one thing that, uh, you know, you and I know Gary, like very Gary, like yeah. his prices are to move, great. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not dropping prices every day. Like his prices are he prices stuff to move, not to like sit there. So then like if you're not really make you're not trying to make the high end sales on Friday and then it's like, all right, well, if I didn't make sales on Friday, let me start doing like 25, 50% off like the next couple of days and maybe then I'll get some traction. Like if you just have your books priced, you'll move stuff, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess both strategies work, you know, it, it also depends on, I guess, what you, what you have, you know, um, like you said, Gary's are priced well, right? day one and then mm-hmm. some other places like i mean i remember terrificon there was days it was like day two and these guys were like yo 50 percent off everything I'm like oh shit okay 50 yeah. percent off everything like, that was wild uh, day two bro you gotta get <laughs> home soon or something i don't understand what's happening but 
Well, some people don't even want to leave with stuff. Like you could tell, I wouldn't want to pack shit out. That'd be you could tell some of the booths that are like small that maybe just have like maybe like a six or eight foot table there, or you know maybe a little bit bigger than like a normal size booth. You know they're trying to get they're trying to get rid of everything. Like they want to be cleaned out by Friday. They want to have like no inventory. Um, Yeah, hell yeah. I mean that's the game, right? Yeah, Sunday would have been great for me just to like clean up on stuff, but I just you know I already spent a lot of money um, Friday and Saturday. I got the two sketches from Trish Foster, of course, Stray Dogs fame, um, you know, and, and just some other little things that I bought over there as well, traded, sold some stuff. So, you know, if I would have, and again, it was like right after New York. So I really wasn't planning on going to Baltimore, but it was like a last minute, you know, invite. And luckily I was able to room with people. And uh, that's why I only stayed two days in the three, because I would have no money. And then speaking of shows, this upcoming weekend here in New Jersey, there's the Super Jersey Comic Expo, which I'm debating about going. It's a one-day show, but it's fun because it's a lot of people in the community. So, you know, I guess we'll we'll see what happens um, from there. So, But Baltimore is a great time. Um, if you ever get a chance, whoever who's never been to it, if you've been on the East Coast or anywhere else, it's fun. Fly out. Uh, the Inner Harbor is great. A lot of places to go. A lot of places to eat for sure. Um, again, you just don't go far from the inner Harbor. So maybe right. next year, Zach, you'll be there. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we've been talking about it a lot and there's a chance I might be living out there in the DC area next year sometime. So I'm looking forward to joining you on a bunch of these, these little East coast cons and, and really True. running up and down the coast for sure. So, yeah, going to be a good time. So, uh, again, Baltimore comic con 2023. Nice. Fun. Yeah. Looked like a good time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, can't complain about really anything. Like the everything was smooth. Like it wasn't like New York. It's not an absolute shit show like New York was. You know, things work well. It's just buying and selling books. That's all it is. There's no, you know, travesties. There's literally not even like exclusives. Like there's no variants over there. I think like a few people had variants, but it's not like people are running and like the door is open. And it's not like rushing to like somebody, right? Yeah. It's, you know, some people waited a good long while for Luis and Walt Simonson. Like they opened the doors at like 10 or 11 and they didn't show up till like three o'clock two two three o'clock in the afternoon. Like, and I'm like, damn, these people have just been standing here for hours <laughs> and they wait for them. And I'm like, I don't know. It is what it is. So, uh, let's get out of the community section of Baltimore and let's kind of get into, um, let's talk, let's talk some TV stuff, some TV news. Ooh, let's do it. So uh, we are going to do a review, but there's some great information that just dropped this week. A um, couple articles. I think Zach's going to take the first one. Yeah. So let's talk about some WandaVision and uh, actually more in particular, the Agatha Coven of Chaos new series we're going to be getting on Disney Plus later this year. So or later this year, or later next year, next year. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Aubrey Plaza, who's currently starring in season two of HBO's The White Lotus, and you might also know her from Parks and Rec, has been tapped, oh, and Legion as well, right? Another mm-hmm. couple of each other, has been tapped for a role opposite Catherine Hahn and Joe Locke in Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Marvel's upcoming WandaVision spinoff series for Disney+. Plus. Details about Plaza's role are being kept under wraps, but is she believed to be playing a villain opposite Hahn and Locke? A rep from Marvel declined to comment. Han is reprising her role as WandaVision bad gal Agatha in the series. Emma Caulfield Ford is also set to reprise the role of Dottie from WandaVision. Which, I'm going to be honest, I read this article and I was like, who the fuck was Dottie? Like, I mean, that's how much WandaVision didn't, like, I won't really go back and watch it. Um, I will say 
the Agatha's role, Agatha and Monica Rambeau were probably two of the best things. And like Sword and honestly, like kind of fleshing out like a little bit more there was mm-hmm. the best thing about WandaVision. Um, yeah. So it should be good, man. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? What are, what are you hoping to see from this? What are you afraid of seeing from this? Um, tell well, us. let's kind of let's kind of talk about like, who do you think? Who do you think is she going to be playing? Like obviously we're we're talking oh, wizards we're talking yeah I mean we're talking the wizards like we're talking spells we're talking magic uh, you know obviously there's a lot of big Marvel villains like magical users you know everything yeah. from like Mephisto Blackheart Dormammu like things that we've already seen things that we're getting you know do we see who do we think she's gonna play like what female villainous magic user is in the marvel uh, is in the marvel universe it still hasn't been around i don't know it's tough yeah. and to be honest i don't i mean like first off it's weird that agatha this speaks to uh catherine haunt's portrayal of agatha harkness that it was so like people loved it so much that she got her own spinoff because if you would have asked me like 10 years ago agatha harkness i'm like dude who the fuck like no you know like she's barely ever around in the comics she really hasn't played like a big role mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm trying to think like who even really like she deals with um magic users in the marvel universe i don't even, dude i got no guess i mean i can think of like obviously this is more of a mutant type character but you've got celine like the uh kind of like the vampire villain part of the hellfire club um which now that i say that is i'm sure it's not who this is going to be but that would be an awesome character I, I plus i love aubrey plaza so um dude i don't know i don't have any guesses you uh, the only thing I could think of, I mean, they've used the character, but uh, Morgan LaFlay. How, where, where would they used her? Uh, Runaways. Oh, yeah, but that's not really in the... I, don't, I, don't I know it's not like in the Marvel movie, MCU, right? but... Yeah, Morgan LaFay for sure. It definitely could be one. I mean, that'd be cool. And you get some um, Arthurian legend type stuff in there as well. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know, dude. I, I honestly... Pfft. I have no idea, but maybe it'll be an all new character. Yeah. Maybe they'll, make, maybe they'll make someone up for her. That's the question too, is what's, what's Agatha Harkness's role kind of going to be. Obviously she was the antagonist in WandaVision for the most part, but she's not typically a bad guy in, uh, in the comics. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Like, you're right. Like, do they bring you a brand new character who hasn't been in anything or even something like, and I know this is way too new and I don't think they would do anything like this, like something at a strange Academy, but those characters are younger, you know, like Zoe and, um, okay. I got one. What if, so obviously we're seeing more like magic supernatural, right? And then hopefully we're going to get even more. So like, this is a good opportunity to start like, you know, kind of like growing that that genre in the MCU, you, what if you had her even portray someone like Lilith from like midnight suns and then mm. you can kind of start getting into more ghostwriter type stuff. Obviously I'm always wanting to try to find a way to get back to ghostwriter, <laughs> but I mean, Lilith is a big supernatural type character. There is a lot of, I don't know if this was confirmed or not and you never know. And I won't believe it till I see it obviously about Mephisto and Sasha Baron Cohen talking about playing Mephisto. So we're kind of getting into that realm of like the, uh, like the hell and the demonic type characters. So maybe a Lilith, maybe Lilith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I think that's a good way to just like start that the Johnny blaze era or like even open up more of like the horror side. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we yeah. just had the whole werewolf by night stuff, man thing, 
Elsa. So yeah, I could see that. I like I like where you're going with that. So it's an idea. Uh, obviously, you know, there it's like they said, it's under wraps. No one's going to say anything, but you know, she's uh she's pretty hot. Uh, I could see her being someone definitely in the MCU, and uh, you know, it's got to be a villain, so it's got to be someone big enough to go against her. And and like you so, said, like who would have thought like we would have seen a spinoff show like from right. this? Like, what do you what do you think though? So I mean, we always talk about this about how you hate comedy. And you're like just the grumpiest human who doesn't like to laugh. And of so course. I love season- comedy. Dude, I go to like comedy shows here in New Jersey all the time. Like, I it's, don't know what you're talking about. But like, this is definitely going to be kind of a comedic show for sure. I mean, Catherine Hahn is a com- comedic actress. Yeah. So, so is Aubrey Plaza for the most part yeah. as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. She has some like serious roles here and there, but she's, she definitely leans a little bit more towards the comedic realm. So yeah, that's going to be interesting as well. Is, is it going to be comedy? And if so, are we going to like it? You know, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. I think it, I think it'll be I think it could have like the werewolf by night vibe. Yeah. yeah. Like it's got to have like a witch cult thing. So it, it has to be serious. Like I feel like you dip your you dip your toes into the river of horror. It can't be it can't be comedy like it needs to it's have bloody, like the, bro. it's got to be bloody. Yeah, I mean, obviously, where Agatha came from was, you know, funny, haha. Like, but where she is, as far as like a character itself, like you need to be able to show that side of her that's and that side of the MCU that is there. Like, right? Yeah, like, right? You know, I feel like we saw a little bit of that in um, the latest Doctor Strange movie. So, like, we've already kind of seen that. Like, let's bring that now to like the small screen and do it on a you know a smaller scale. Like I just said, like. Yeah. Disney Plus. So agreed. So side note, since we're kind of talking about spinoffs of WandaVision, it also was recently announced that a second spinoff series kind of more centered on Paul Bettany's The Vision is also in development titled Vision Quest. So yes, we're talking like White Vision and everything like that. So obviously WandaVision, you know, it struck some chords in terms of um, planting the seed for the MCU, whether we liked it or not. You know, it's it definitely did some things that we're going to see moving forward. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. I mean, we always say it, dude, the more, the more stuff coming to the screen. I mean, I always go back to like, you know, the early two thousands and like, would we have ever thought we were going to have anything like this? Seeing these characters, Agatha Harkness, come on, man. Hell yeah. Oh, please, no, absolutely please, not please shit like this. So no, I'm no, for no. it. I'll, we'll watch it. And I'll always root it on. Never going to be the hater until the end. So. Oh, true. But I mean, like even now, like we we thought we were going to love like She-Hulk and then oh, yeah. obviously it's at the end. So we won't know until it happens. But again, we're not haters on anything until we see it. So um, but let's kind of get out of the uh, the Marvel side. Let's kind of flip on to the DC side. So it was just announced literally yesterday on November 2nd that the Sandman Netflix series is being renewed for season two. So this is coming over at Variety.com. So the time is not up for Sandman. We are getting more episodes of Neil Gaiman's uh, DC Comics series. Um, basically, Neil Gaiman said a continuation of the Sandman world, which is going to expand in the next episodes. Episode count and story details are still being kept under wraps, even though millions and millions of people have watched and welcomed and loved the Sandman on Netflix from established fans. People were simply curious and want to become more obsessed with the Lord of Dreams, his family, and their go and their ongoing. So, yeah, man. I mean, we we got to see a little bit, right? of yeah. um the other endless family members but 
it was just like a tease. So, I mean, they have to bring back like a season two, right? It, it was just inevitable. I, I know you and I spoke about this, that the episodes are very CGI heavy. Like they're, right. it's still an expensive episode series to make, but man, like it's such a great series. And I, and I've started rewatching it recently and I'm just like still in awe of like how great it was to be able to, you know, see something that I've never read, I've heard about, but I was actually like enjoying it like the entire way through. And, you know, we, we always shit on like the, not really shit on like the DC EU. And then obviously, you know, some of us don't like the, the Marvel stuff, but man, this was just an amazing show. So I'm so happy that they're, they're bringing this back for season two. And, uh, over on Twitter, they said that, uh, of course, nothing, nothing, no more than people are happier, obviously, than the cast and crew. So yeah. what are your thoughts on season two of this? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, like you said, dude, I was surprised how much I really enjoyed this, like never having read it before. I thought it was really, really awesome, but it did look expensive. So, I mean, then that was that fear right out the gate. Um, and, you know, Netflix isn't known for keeping their shows around for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And not to go on like a tangent, but I just to kind of touch on this as well is that you know Netflix kind of has this, they do their shows primarily in like seasons of three, like three year deals, three season deals. And then after season three, it's kind of like the time where they readjust and, and change pay. And that's kind of what's happening with the Witcher and uh, Henry Cavill. And obviously yep. we'll talk about Cavill a little bit more later, maybe, but um so you always wonder with Netflix, you, you, it's probably just safe to assume you maybe you're getting three seasons and that's it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I, I'm excited. I want to see more. It was really cool. Like you said, I want to see more of the family. Um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for never having read it. And yeah, I'm, I'm there for it. I'm there for it. Yeah. In the article, they, it talks about how uh, the Sandman was on the global top 10 for seven weeks after its premiere and dethroning uh, Stranger Things at the number one spot. So, uh, wow. you know, hell, for seven weeks in a row, you know, in the middle of the summer, and of course, taking out Stranger Things, which is obviously Netflix, Netflix's like biggest thing. Right. You know, hell, like you could see like people were constantly watching it and they want more. So, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that now, you know, hey, it's like, oh, it got renewed for season two. You know, let me go back and actually check this out because I'm sure there's a lot of people that just didn't check it out for that reason. But, perfect time perfect time to go back and watch it if you have not uh zach and i reviewed it a while ago um we both thoroughly enjoyed the series uh there was really nothing too bad about it i don't i recall i don't think you and i really had any main complaints about it but yeah go back and watch it if you have not checked out sandman on netflix so you can you know prepare yourself at some point for when uh morpheus comes back and i know a lot of those uh some of the actors and actresses with that were at new york comic-con that saturday that i was and, uh, you know, obviously at that point they did have no idea where they were going to be. So that's <laughs> so weird, right? Yeah, I know. You know, it's tough. It's tough when you like, you show up like a little bit after a series is premiered and you have no idea, like what's the future. Like typically a lot of these shows, they're already like renewed for like the next season. And, uh, you know, you're like, all right, at least, you know, you're like, all right, at least I'm good for a season two. I'm sure like that was the question around that, you know, asking yeah. the actors, actress, like, oh, you come back for a season two. Is there a season two? And you never know. So. All right. No, no, I was just gonna say, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for it, man. I, I really am. I think it was great. It was a surprise hit surprise for me because like you and I both said, neither one of us ever read that the Sandman stuff. So like, I, I want more for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so let's kind of keep with our, TV talk just released last week. The six episode 
one shot, I guess you want to call it tales of the Jedi on Disney plus. Uh, it's so crazy. Like I, it was released on Wednesday morning and normally on star Wars stuff. I'm immediately waking up early to watch it. And I didn't, I ended up watching it Wednesday night and then I ended up watching it again in Baltimore and again this week. So I've now watched it three times, uh, six episodes, Dave Filoni, again, taking the helm, the great master that he is, the great, uh, master Jedi, I I guess you would say. Um, but man, tales of the Jedi, we are going to be spoiling it. Uh, six episodes. It's great. It was only like, they're only like 15 to 17 minutes, 18 minutes long. So it's like a two hour runtime. If you literally sat through it the entire way, uh, I mean, the fact that when I, the first time I watched it and there's a part in, in one of the episodes and I was just like, and I'm literally like yelling like a kid and I'm like, Oh my God. And my wife's just like, what are you doing? What nerd thing is on? And I was like, Oh, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand. So well, now I'm curious what part it was. Uh, that part is when Ahsoka is training and you see young Kanan. Oh yeah. 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 That was cool. That was, that cool. was definitely like, like, like an, Oh my God, Easter egg moment basically. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll very quickly kind of go through the episodes. Um, Life and Death is the Ahsoka's birth, and you kind of get to see her, you know, basically just being born and having these Force abilities. The Justice episode, of course, Count Dooku and a very young, well, you know, Count Dooku, yes, and a very young Padawan, uh, Qui-Gon. Uh, number three, obviously, called Choices. You had Qui-Gon and Count uh, Count Dooku and Mace Windu dealing with a little bit of a investigation. The Sith Lord. Count Dooku and his kind of turn to the dark side. Uh, Issue five or episode five, I should say. Practice makes perfect. Ahsoka's just uh, vigorous training to prepare herself for the future. And then uh, issue, uh, I keep saying issue, goddamn. Episode, (laughs) I know. Episode six, Resolve, the the post-Clone Wars era with Ahsoka, a.k.a. Ashla, um, and what she's doing. So, uh, you know, Zach, you know, out of those six episodes, you know, what, what kind of like, oh, what man. were some uh, pros, some cons, any flaws in it? You know, what were your favorite parts or some, you know, parts okay. maybe you didn't like? So, I mean, episode one was the lamest for sure. Um, not to say it was bad. It was mm-hmm. just the lamest one. Um, I loved, I think the highlight for me, I loved episodes two, three, and four. All the Count Dooku stuff was amazing because I've always, it's always kind of bugged me that you had this character of Count Dooku, right? Who we don't see till episode two. And he's, he's already established. Like people know who he is. Like he comes into it. He's a master Jedi, but you never hear about, hear about him before. And then all of a sudden Maul's gone. and He's now the new Sith Lord apprentice. That always didn't really sit well with me. Like, how did he get there? Where's he been? Where's the fall, right? I mean, that's the Mm -hmm. really interesting thing about Jedis that go Sith is you want to see the fall, right? So that's what I really liked about those three episodes was kind of a highlight on his mindset. And you can tell like right out the gate with like with Qui-Gon and um, when they were on that farm with the Senator's kidnapped son and like fighting those dudes, like he's forced choking people. I mean, yep. he's, he's hard, you know? And then I loved it. Episode three with choices. And it shows the, like the dichotomy between Dooku and Mace Windu and bro. Mace Windu is lame as fuck, man. Like, <laughs> just like such a, stickler for the rules like it's such a chode (laughs) well that's why he's on the jedi council right that's pretty much most of them are they're they're obviously straight and narrow there's no like away from the path and you know we we always hear about that in the movies how you know that's kind of why qui-gon was never on the council and how the count dooku wishes that he had him 
you know, he always says that line. He says that line in episode two where he's like, oh, I wish Qui-Gon was here with me. Now I could really use his help because Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. you know, was is probably he's someone who, great. again, dis- disagreed with the Jedi yeah. Council and would have seen all this. And, you know, yeah. it, I think it would have been a different turn of events. Yeah. And I lo- and then obviously episode four where you see Yaddle and you see Dooku kind of like fully commit to becoming like a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just loved, I loved how it was, uh, it really kind of, it, it came off of his love for Qui-Gon as well. Like I thought that shit was really strong, you know, where he, he kind of breaks because of Qui-Gon's death in a way. Um, like, because the, he felt like the Jedi, that was like the final straw. The Jedi council mm-hmm. let down Qui-Gon, he died and that was it. And so then he made his move and obviously it didn't really work out too well for Yaddle and, um, yeah. Bro, Yaddle's haircut, dude, that shit's garbage, man. We were talking about that on Lords, I think, as well uh, this past week. But um, really loved, really loved the Dooku stuff. I would love to see more, but I imagine that's probably the most we're going to get. Um, I don't really know what, how much more you would really tell. But well, I mean, you just go to different characters. Yeah, and like, and you know, obviously, there's a you could do more of like Mace Windu. Like if they just kept it like how, how this was. So it was six episodes. You do another six episodes. Maybe there's like a storyline of Mace. And then maybe there's a storyline of like, even like Rex, because like, you know, Rex, you always see with Anakin, but you know, you don't really get to see anything else, you know, him and his brothers. So like, there's a way that you could do a dichotomy between like the Jedi and the clones would be interesting. So I'd actually um, like to see them move. I'm so sorry. We're getting into no, the go first. Ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to see them move away from it's awesome, but this Clone Wars era. I mean, that's what it is, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's well, that's where Dave Clone Filoni is like made his his right. name. So I get exactly. it. <laughs> like, we can move. We can move a little bit further. It'd be really cool to see some of these episodes of like, um, even like the stuff that's covered in the comic books in between, like the original trilogy, something like that, where you get the like the Luke and the Han and and Leia. Like cover some of that stuff would be cool. Even post Return of the Jedi, you know, in between Mandalorian, in between, even maybe further down the road, which maybe they don't want to like step on right now. But I don't know. I'd like to see a little bit more outside the Clone Wars at this point. You know. Yeah, I guess it's because they they really are tiptoeing post right. Return of the Jedi. They don't want to cut themselves off from like from yeah. future stories. Yeah. Yeah, they, like it's tough to see where they're going to go because they don't know, you know, what they're going to use down the line. They want to make sure everything is set in canon. So like everything right. that Filoni does in that Clone Wars era is fine because it's used for future for future references. So, yeah. um, but, you know, f- yeah, for for myself, you know, I'll, I'll kind of go through my, you know, my favorite episodes. Uh, of course, uh, like you said, yeah, like one is kind of lame. I do my my I did get like a, a heartwarming feeling like when the animal that tiger looking thing you know like brings back Ahsoka mm-hmm. and like they have that that first interaction where you know Ahsoka kind of sticks its hand out to the animal and it's kind of just like a surreal moment like it's a very calm it's a very like zen moment and you you really do feel that the Jedi have that ability you know they they yeah. have that ability to kind of look into the eyes of of animals and like Ezra had that like he was able to control some of the mm-hmm. you know creatures obviously in Star Wars Rebels but yeah definitely justice the the second episode was great uh you really get to see a lot more Dooku um of course you know I I have to put it the you know practice practice makes perfect episode is definitely the number one for me you know just uh her Jedi training and how again like 
Anakin even says to her, you know, yeah, you can do, you can go against battle droids all you want, but they're very predictable. And, you know, I'm your master and I want to protect you. And just the relentless onslaught of the clones, like, you know, it's just, it reminds me of like, you know, uh, you know, actual live action, like, like war movies. Like you really get that, that whole dichotomy of like, it's, it's not, it's practice makes perfect. It's, that's really what they do. Like, you know, you constantly are vigorous training and she is literally nonstop. And it did give me chills when it showed that scene where she walks, you know, she's walking out by with Rex leaving her out like that we saw in um, yep. the seventh season of Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Right before like that did, that gave me chills. I was like, fuck. That's yeah. Like, yeah. Really you know, like, back and watch it. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I think Rex, he Rex says, I hope all that training paid off. Right. Right. And, uh, and it's good because you also get to see her growth. Like, cause you see her in different, her different, uh, co- uniforms, costumes, whatever you want to call it, more uniforms, obviously. But, you know, you see the change, you see her age in that episode. And then, of course, yeah, like you said, it's that ending of season seven with, with Rex and, and her. And then, yeah, the, the resolve episode is great. You get your first appearance of an inquisitor pre, Star Wars Rebels. He looked cool too. Yeah. Um. Obviously, no name. Obviously, no like brother. Obviously, it had to be one of the brothers because obviously it was a a male yeah. male character. But you know, the only thing I didn't like, and you know, this is for more people that have obviously read the Ahsoka trade paperback, not trade paper, but the actual novel, is they do kind of. Obviously, it is true where her name is Ashla. That's kind of correct. But like where she goes to that farm. It's that's kind of like taken out of context because there's a little bit more that goes on in that um, that time frame like that obviously doesn't happen for verbatim in a way. So that's the only thing I didn't like about it. I mean, I get how like it was great because you get to see the novel come to life because of like the name and, and even like even before that, like when she goes to Padme's funeral, she, you know, she kind of tells you know basically says i'm you know i'm no longer a jedi and obviously uh what's his name um the alderaan guy Um, oh yeah oh shit uh, organa organa yeah yeah yeah. like he you know he said oh you know you could always call on me for help basically and and that's always great because you know you get to obviously see him in in Mm obi-wan so that's always like a running thing with with that character but yeah uh, Tales of the Jedi was absolutely amazing. It was the first, you know, I know Rotten Tomatoes had like a hundred percent. It was wild uh, right off the bat, which is, which is crazy. So uh, really excited that uh, they did that and they dropped all the episodes. So again, if you have not had a chance to check out that prequel era with uh, Ashley Eckstein coming back and voicing Ahsoka Tano and, and of course Count Dooku and they, came, they everybody, everybody came back. Matt Latner came back. Um, again, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson was in there. Son did the uh, younger Qui Gon. Yeah, that was really interesting as well. And then even um, you had, uh, yeah, like you said, Liam Neeson, and then um, what's her name, Bryce Dallas Harper, who obviously director actress. She was the one who voiced Yadel, and and that episode was great too. I I know um, we you know we talk about her as a director in Mandalorian and and some of the stuff for for Book of Boba Fett. So. yeah, it was interesting. And she even had a line, too, that she's like, I don't agree with the council. Whether she was lying just to get Dooku to come out or if that really was true. Yeah. But because the, she knew too much at that point. So, yeah, yeah. She I mean, she's because she was there when Qui-Gon came to like first give his report during what, like Phantom Menace time. And mm-hmm. after first interacting with Maul and she wasn't she didn't agree with them. The, the, the council kind of like sidelining him, so to speak. And then she saw what happened. Obviously, she cared about Qui-Gon as well. 
but she's like, look, man, I don't agree with these dudes, but we're not, we're not going full dark side here. Like, what's up, bro? <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. They're very interesting. And, uh, you know, who I like, and they, they, I like when I go around and I look and see who the actors or actresses that have like played the characters. So the, the character who plays Ahsoka's mom is the same character who plays, um, Eden Versio. If you've ever played star Wars battlefront two, did you ever play the battlefront two storyline? Um, once and like only briefly okay yeah. so um janina what's her name janina gavin gavin something i can't think of her full last name but she's like she plays eden versio the female like main character that storyline and actually speaking of her she actually just had her first cover appearance on a book this week from star wars bounty hunters so that's why that just kind of brought you know i remembered that so you know it's cool that they bring people back like yeah. obviously even like I've, now we're going off on a tangent but like sam Whit Whit whitner was one of the store store uh, shore troopers in like two weeks ago's episode of uh andor did you know oh. that yeah yeah I, f I found that out so like when he gets before he's like arrested and like that one shore trooper is like what are you doing like where oh, are you going fully, but yeah you couldn't see him because he was fully yeah but he voices that that's the the voice oh, actor no for that so yeah it's it's cool how they always bring back people that have done stuff for star wars yeah you know Man, I can't wait till like, two two more episodes and we get to talk about Andor. Yeah, Andor is going to be it's crazy and it's every episode has been getting high reviews and I, I can't wait to see that how the how the season one is going to end because season two is going to go so fast. Yeah, my God, how many? Oh, I'm looking right now. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve episodes, episodes so got, is one year, three, and then the next season, every three episodes is one year in uh, basically leading up to Rogue One. Real so. time. Real time. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So great stuff coming out of the TV and uh, our review for Tales of the Jedi. Like we said, go ahead and, and check out Tales of the Jedi. Go ahead and check out Sandman if you haven't. But let's kind of go over to our comic book talk. Not too much is yeah. going on in, in the world of comics this week. Um, couldn't really find too much good articles, but we got something for you. Yeah. Marvel is already talking about this and it's crazy. Like we're already talking about May of 2023 we're talking about free comic book day so marvel teases it's free comic book free comic book day titles for new avengers and the x-men team so there's four titles that we're going to be talking about zach's going to take two i'm going to take two um you can go over and check this out at cbr.com uh zach why don't you tell us about our first free comic book day from marvel yeah so like justin said marvel 2023 free comic book day which is going to kick off on may 6th and the first title we're going to talk about is avengers and x-men number one so it sets the stage for the fall of x which we kind of talked about what a couple weeks ago yep um a new x-men event announced at new york comic-con that could bring about the end of the mutant kinds krakoan age marvel teased the issue features a pair of all new stories that set the stage for the next evolution in mutant adventures fall of x and introduces an uncanny new lineup for a new team book launching next year plus a preview of jonathan hickman and valerio shidey's upcoming mystery project so <clears throat> the cover is pretty cool. Um, I'm looking at it right now. And you've got kind of a mashup of some Avengers and X-Men characters. Obviously, you got Cap right on the front. You've got uh, Penance. You've got Quanin, the Psylocke character, Quicksilver, Deadpool. Um, it looks like you've got Ro a Rogue. And then you also got Cyclops' character, uh, Mr. Krakoa. Or, uh, oh, shit. He's like, it's like an alternate identity he uses when they when like the world finds out that he's like dead it's kind of like his <laughs> to protect him i think it's mr krakow i don't even think they use it anymore but 
that's what it looks like. That's what the costume is. But yeah, really cool little mashup. It's kind of um, reminds me of the. Uh, did you ever read Uncanny Avengers where they kind of mix the two teams together yes. for a little while? Yeah, kind of reminds me of that. So it should be cool. Um, I'm, I'm obviously fall of X. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm scared as well. I'm scared. Yeah, do definitely. I, I know we you know we briefly talked about it for our uh, events for 2022 and 2023 for Marvel. So uh, next up, another thing that we briefly talked about f- introducing at New York Comic Con. So there is doing a Spider-Man slash Venom number one, of course, gets fans ready for summer symbiotes. Uh, we all know what we talked about. It's launching in 2023, starring Carnage, Venom, Red Goblin, and more of a bunch of new symbiotes. Uh, Marvel teased it. We're going to be teasing it for 2023 in this one shot. It's got some uh, stuff going on with Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. Hit the run of Amazing Spider-Man and lay the groundwork for the summer of symbiotes, plus a preview of Marvel's epic new epic just on the horizon. So, again, not too much on this, but, uh, you know, again, summer of symbiotes, we, we kind of talked about it. There's a slew of symbiotes right now. And even this week, they kind of if you read the Deadpool number one. They had like a hybrid. They're they're creating another hybrid carnage through Deadpool. I'm not even really going to get into it, but uh, you know, you can't have Deadpool without having some type of carnage or venom looking thing. So um, next up, what's the third title we got? So third one we have is Marvel voices. Number one. And on the cover, you have miles Morales, black Panther, Monica Rambeau, America Chavez, Shang-Chi storm, and more. The publisher said the issue invites readers to the groundbreaking and critically acclaimed Marvel's voices series, which spotlights spotlights creators and characters across Marvel's diverse and ever evolving universe. The book will include a range of stories from previous Marvel voices issues, as well as a brand new one. So um, yeah, I mean, Look, the Marvel's Voices stuff, that's cool. Obviously, you know, you're trying to branch out into different um, uh, communities and get them interested. But I just after just reading, the book will include a range of stories from previous Marvel's Voices issues as well as a brand new one. So it's all old shit and then one brand new story. I don't know. Probably will be passing on that one. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be weird. But I mean, they, they've been doing a lot of these voices right. every, you know, every uh, June. Typically, they the identities, the voices. So um, it definitely gives what's it called? Like a, a, you know, a front and center for a lot of these characters who don't have storylines and it all, and it always introduces like a first appearance for some new character. So it's always good to see. It's always good to see that uh, in, in the, uh, the Marvel voices. And I typically kind of read them every now and then, like there's ones that are good. There's ones that are bad, but it's good to have different storylines in there. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens for that. And then last but not least, uh, for, you know, for the kids, Spidey and Friends aimed, of course, at your younger readers. Uh, you got the fan favorites, of course, Spider-Man, Ghost Spider and Miles facing off against Green Goblin, Doc Ock and some more for that, you know, basic, uh, who knows, you know, that five to seven year old. So if you got some kids, at least Marvel's giving you the younger stuff. So, yeah. um, that's your top four books coming out. And I'm sure one of these books is going to have like a one in 500, right? Ratio variant like they did this year. <laughs> right. What was it? The um, axe? It was the yeah, the axe for that had the first appearance of Blade's daughter. Right. So like that yeah. book is like insane right now. Yep. So yeah. I mean, keeping out on these, these, these uh, free comic book days always, like Justin said, have some kind of a first appearance on them. So, yeah, I'm thinking that uh, Avengers one is definitely going to be the yeah. one to have, and it'll be uh who knows what specific it'll ha- it'll be, but we'll we'll definitely have to see it. Mm-hmm. So, um, good stuff coming out for number. I, it's crazy. We're we're in November. And we're talking about books for May, but you know, 
we try to get you in early so you know what you know what to look for so um next up of course what are we currently reading oh man dude i have i'm interested to see what you say because i still have two books i haven't read yet um Mm -hmm. and i really think one of them might have showed up on my list today but why why don't you start off because i don't even know what i got it what is it like a hard garbage or no no um so the first two, the two books I haven't read this week are I picked up Hell to Pay, number one by Charles Soule and Rosenberg. And then uh, I also picked up the Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo. But with uh, I haven't read it yet. I really, really want to. I was hoping you read it. Okay. Did you read that one? I did. Okay. And I will be talking about it. Ah, I knew you son of a, you sandbagging <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Goddamn right. I'm going to be talking about it. Good. That makes me excited to read it then. So. Okay. Well, why don't you lead off? Because I don't know which book yet. I want. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I mean, I only got two books this week. So, honorable mention, um, and the book that we we talked about a long time ago, getting ready was uh, Marvel's Tiger Division. Um, mm. You know, the new squad far out west. You got Mister Enigma, the General Gunnar, right? Uh, Taiguki, Luna Snow, and White Fox. I mean, I'm a big fan just for the Luna Snow and the amazing art germ cover. Uh, gorgeous looking cover, but you know, it's kind of like the far East through um, South Korean characters defending basically that area of the world. It's almost like they're, they're justice league in the Marvel universe for, for that area. But uh, you know, it was a good introductory issue. If you don't know any of these characters, um, you know, it's a good little jumping on point. You know, I don't know if it's, this is an ongoing series or mini series specifically, but you know, I like, like I said, I like Luna Snow. I like White Fox. Uh, Taiguki, he got introduced in what, like that Taskmaster miniseries. Yeah. You know, and then the other characters kind of were introduced in the um, that Black Cat annual. That's how the, the Tiger Division started. So, you know, interesting stuff. You know, again, if you're if you want something different that's not mainstream, you know, I think it's a good little read. So kind of just my honorable mention there. But uh, yeah, like like you said, like I have to talk about this. Um Batman and the Joker, the deadly duo black label from DC comics. So, um, man, Mark Silvestri just crushed the art on this. Like I was like skeptical, you know, from the cover, like I'm not, I wasn't a really big fan of the cover, but man, the interiors are, yeah, it's pretty wild. Like his Harley Quinn in the book, Batman, Joker, um, you do, you know, you get to see Catwoman briefly, uh, it's great. He, you know, he writes it and he's doing the art as well. So, you know, it's, it's basically like it is, it's, it sets up somehow that Batman and Joker have to work together because something has happened and uh Joker kind of holds someone as collateral. And I think I I'm guessing like it's Harley. Like, I guess that's what they have to team up to, to get Harley back, but it's not specific, but I love how like anybody who writes Batman, like, knows how to write Batman. Like Batman is just such a character. Like he's a detective. He's a fighter. It's he's probably one of the best characters that inner monologue, like you can write about. I feel like with any character, you know, any other character, it's very tough to have like an inner monologue speak, you know, like word bubbles that are just like floating that are not, you know, out loud. But yeah, this first issue was absolutely amazing. Um, And then just like, Little little things that happen in Gotham, like like I said, like Catwoman shows up very briefly, but it's not even like an interaction with anything. She's literally just there because she sees like Batman from afar, and she's just like she sees like the bat symbol, and basically it's just like kind of like a one off, like a tease. It's just like well, it looks like Gotham's like heading for like like a terrible night or whatever, and she's like, I'm out, 
you know, like basically, but like, she doesn't have that interaction with anybody. She's just like talking to herself out loud or like to the cats that are around her. But I just love how like, you can just kind of include these characters and it's fine. You know, like they do that even with like villains. Like sometimes they're in Arkham and you just kind of hear them talk, but it's like so great to see them in like an issue where they may not play any type of role. Like maybe, yeah, maybe we'll see Catwoman down the line. Maybe we'll see poison Ivy, but obviously the storyline is going to be driven around Batman and, and uh joker but yeah definitely pick of the week if you did not pick it up you know it's always tough to not put a batman book like yeah i mean they they crush man even Batman, what was it batman 128 that just came out uh oh yeah yeah it was good as well so yeah it was it was pretty wild so uh what about you man what did you uh what so, do you got had a pretty good week. I wouldn't say anything like really jumped to the the forefront for me, but the two issues I really liked a lot was um I'm, I'm just loving the Punisher ongoing um Jason Aaron's Punisher and I love how it's kind of blending over to the Daredevil Chip Zdarsky run as well. They're kind of intertwined. Um it's just really neat and I, we've talked we talked about this kind of I mean I, I feel like I keep saying this whenever I talk about Punisher, but we've been talking about Punisher since the first season of the show, like maybe like the first 10 episodes we were talking about the change in Punisher and how you had to do something new with the Punisher and, and shake it up and damn Jason Aaron did it. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's way different. And I, it's really cool. If you, if you're a Punisher fan, don't let the emblem and the loss of that throw you off because you got to read it. It's really, really good. So just the stuff with that I've really enjoyed. And like I said, you should also be reading Chip Zdarsky's daredevil at the same time because they cross over a lot. So that was really good. The issue, though, I think I've, I really liked the most this week was uh, X-Men Red number seven, I believe it was. Um, we're kind of at the Judgment Day is over. The Axe series is over, Judgment Day. And um, we're seeing kind of some storylines that have like played out throughout um, this Reign of X, Dawn of X storylines that are kind of coming to fruition. And uh, it's very interesting, actually, with Abigail Brand kind of being in the spotlight with Amelia Clark possibly be playing abigail mm-hmm. brand she is playing a big role in x-men red and possibly doing some shady shit and uh, cable is kind of putting together a team that's going up against her and the return of vulcan as as the vulcan we knew as emperor vulcan is kind mm. of kicked off in this issue it's really really cool and i cannot wait to see where it goes honestly reading this issue i was like holy shit i can't wait to go back. now i want to go back and read war of kings i want to read my omnibuses about war of kings and get all the vulcan storyline again but um damn man really good stuff i really liked x-men red number seven this week and uh i bid like i said i picked up um i went to the shop today to pick up a couple straggler issues and i got this hell to pay number one by charles soul and it might be matthew or no rochelle rosenberg as the colorist um i'm excited to read this uh, i really like charles soul but so maybe you'll maybe you'll hear me talk about it next week mm-hmm. did you uh by any chance did you pick up the secret invasion number one i, I didn't you know what i'm gonna read it online uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to honestly i'm, I'm cutting back. i gotta cut back on some of my books bro um and these little mini, I don't have a lot of faith in Marvel's mini series. And when you redo like a secret invasion, like it's, yeah, of I, course. I can tell you it's going to be bullshit. It's going to be complete <laughs> bullshit. So it's just to get people who never read the original right. secret invasion, just to get them ready for a secret invasion, the TV series. Exactly. Like, and I get it. Like yeah. that's a way to push new people who have never read the original series. But like, mm-hmm. if you talk to anybody who's ever read secret invasion, they're going to tell you, don't even bother. Like just go out and get the original secret invasion. Like I read it at the yeah. comic shop. It's okay. Uh, I mean, I don't, 
The art looked weird on the cover, at least. Uh, the interior is fine. You know, again, it's it's definitely setting it up. The the main, obviously, three characters are the Scrolls, Maria Hill, and Nick Fury. Okay. Um, again, I don't know really know where it's going to go. I don't know if it's really like a lead up into. It could be like a lead up into the show, but at, for anybody who's never read it, Secret Invasion, just go out and like find a trade, or just go out and spend the fifty or sixty bucks for the complete set and, and hold on to it because it's an absolute great read. So, which which Nick Fury, original Nick Fury or uh, son of Nick Fury, more like original MCU Nick Fury? Okay, yeah, original uh, Nick Fury. Oh no, no, like MCU version. Okay, so the son of Nick Fury. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, so yeah, it, it's interesting. I, but again, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't go out and like purchase the episode, yeah. the issues because I'm just like, ah, I just don't care, like. You're what right. the hell, dude? You're talking about TV. You're calling those issues. You're talking about comics, and you're calling them episodes. Because I got it. I got it in my brain. Like that's how it is. You got some wires crossed, dog. Yeah, I'm on. I'm rocking this uh, iced coffee over here, so I'm just like got the jitters because <laughs> I haven't eaten anything either. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's uh that's our show this week, everybody. Appreciate everybody stopping yep. in to uh, the Comic Con podcast, season two, episode forty three. Uh, before we close out, anything, Zach? going on for you coming up no i do know that we will be having a special better late than never bonus episode black adam review um but other than that for me nah man just chill plugging along mm. good to see you on uh, lords of Longbox on a weekly basis yes yes one of sorry. us is on there you can find me tuesdays on uh cover press top 10 lords of the long box if you didn't already know that uh obviously schedule permitting i'm in and out so. Yeah, of course. So uh, for myself, if you're listening to this early enough, like I said, uh, this weekend in New Jersey down in Homedale, uh, the Super Jersey Comic Expo is this weekend, a one day show. They did it last year. It was an absolute killer show uh, this year. Uh, I expect the same thing. It's at a great venue down in Homedale. Uh, if you can get down there early enough, check it out. Uh, next week, we do have a special guest. So we will be bringing on somebody that... Uh, I love in the community, someone that I met literally uh, over the past, I'd say month, month and a half dope guy. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be bringing him on next week. So that's it for Zach and myself. Uh, we'll catch everybody next week. Peace out. <laughs>